Hello travelers, welcome to the Mwende Wino podcast. Mwende Wino translates to go well in several Zambian languages and is a way of bestowing travel mercies upon people who are embarking on a journey. This podcast aims to inspire you to explore your city, your country, your continent and beyond. And each episode will be an hour-long conversation with people who embody what traveling well means to them. My name is Mazwa Kapambwe and I am your host. And I am very excited to be joined um, in this episode by Winnie. Winnie is from Kenya. Hi, Winnie. How are you? Hi. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Now, Winnie describes herself as the storytelling traveler. She is an adventure travel writer, vlogger, and blogger. Her blog, which is justrioba.com, documents her travels through 17 African countries. Her blog teaches people how to travel on a budget, how to travel with a nine-to-five job, and spotlights other African travel bloggers. Our conversation today, as you know, we need is going to revolve around how to tick African countries off your bucket list in 2019 because lots of people want to travel. Um, it's been one of their goals, it's on their bucket list, or it's on their New Year's resolutions to travel to different African countries. So, Winnie, I'd like to find out when did you get the travel bug and what inspired you to start your blog, justreoba.com? Well, this is going to sound cliche, but mm-hmm. I've always wanted to travel ever since I was a little child. Mm-hmm. It used to amaze me that when I'd go to sleep in this part of the world, there'll be another part of the world that would be awake. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, something that intrigued me, and I wanted to see this. And as I grew older and I could afford to, I didn't want to read about other people's experiences or watch videos. I wanted to see it for myself. Mm-hmm. And the culture, the way, of, the way of life. You see, Kenya and Tanzania are so close to each other, mm-hmm. but their way of life is so different. And that's, that inspired me to continue traveling. Mm-hmm. What inspired me to start my travel blog was when I started traveling, I used to travel before, but I, I, didn't, I couldn't afford it. So I started traveling a, a lot in 2016 mm-hmm. when I could afford it. So when I started traveling, people would ask me, where did you stay? What did you do on my phone? And I, I decided, why can't I just put all this information online so that when someone would ask me, I would just share the link to my blog. And that's how just justyoba.com started. It actually started as a natural hair blog. Mm-hmm. And then, I, I, natural hair is not my passion. <laughs> so I just, I just switched because I was always traveling every month or, yeah, every month or every weekend I'm on a road trip somewhere and people would reach out to me, hey, where, where, where is this? How did you go? How much, how much was it? What did you do? Is it nice there? So I decided, you know what, let me just write my opinions on my platform. And that's how this global platform became a travel blog. Awesome. Now you're just talking about like natural hair, but you know, it kind of fits into travel because when you're traveling with natural hair, it's like a whole different thing. You have to make sure you've packed like your little, you know, your conditioners for your hair oh my God. and your scarf. Yeah. <laughs> if your hair shrinks when you swim, what do you do? <laughs> no. oh my God, I was Lamu last week, last week, but when I was in Lamu Island, it's an island in Kenya, yes. and I went to my natural fro, like mm-hmm. my fro was, and the questions that people were asking me were not even about the island, or like, how did, how did you, how did you survive, how did your hair survive in that community, and you know, so now that's going to be another whole blog post that incorporates travel, so I guess you're right. Yeah, and in the future, I guess you could launch yeah. like some kind of hair, you know, travel-inspired hair care line. You know, you never know. There's always opportunities. Stop giving me ideas. I'm just saying. I just need a twenty percent. I'll just need a twenty percent shareholder. You know. Thing. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you know what? We'll talk about this. We'll definitely talk about this. So that sounds like a brilliant idea. Why haven't I ever thought about that? I'm just here to deliver ideas. You know. Yeah. Yeah, but you were talking about um how you started um you know traveling so you you, you couldn't afford to travel before so you made sure that you saved money to travel and you know on your blog you highlight um, and you also encourage people um, who work nine to five jobs to travel so um, what are some of 
the ways that you could um, advise people who, you know, they're not, they may not want to quit their job, um, you know, they don't have many leave days or they don't want to wait until they've acquired enough leave to actually explore, you know, their country or their city. How would you, what tips would you give them in terms of traveling while working in 9 to 5? You know, that's a very good question, Marzo, because when I travel, the, the most common question I get is, how many days do you have after how much money do you make? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the most common question that I get. And I'll talk about my, my experience, mm-hmm. how I do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I make sure that I travel over the weekend. I mean, traveling doesn't have to mean that you're leaving the country to go to another country. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, in Kenya, Kenya has 42, I mean, a lot of counties, I'm not sure how many they are, but I haven't explored all of them. So that means I dedicate my weekends, that means I dedicate my weekends to traveling around the country. Mm-hmm. And also that means that I, I, I used to go out mm-hmm. like, but that means that I stopped going because if you go out on Friday, then you'll have a nasty hangover the whole of Saturday. And what you want to do is just sleep. And then you wake up again and go out. So I had to sacrifice. I stopped going out and dedicated my time to, to traveling on the weekend. Mm-hmm. And then because I'm traveling over the weekend, that means that my leave days are saved. I'm not using any of my leave days. And then I'll take a certain time of the year, take 10, 10 working days off and travel. Mm-hmm. And... And what else? Oh, and during holidays, we have at least ten public holidays. Mm-hmm. So I take a, a, around public holidays. That means that I'll get an extra two or one day on top of my leave days mm-hmm. to travel. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I that I, I do is um, other than using the the public the public holidays is uh, reaching out to my boss when they're opportunity to travel. Mm-hmm. So when I travel for work, that means that I'll extend my instead of coming back on the days that I'm supposed to come back, I'll extend my day, my leave days. I'll use some of my leave days to explore mm-hmm. the, the place. I think that's what I do. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um now you you just spoken about like how many different places there are to visit in Kenya and how you know, you, you've explored some of these places. So let's talk about local travel. How how feasible is local travel to do in Kenya? And I remember seeing, um, I used to watch this this, this travel show called uh, Travel Diaries Ken, um, Kenya that was on Fox Africa a couple of years ago. And um, it encouraged people to travel within Kenya by spotlighting these different locations. And then I also know about the the Tembia Kenya um, hashtag that had been developed, I guess, by the, I'm sure it's probably by the Ministry of Tourism in Kenya or the Tourism Council in Kenya. So how feasible really is it for people to to, to travel domestically in Kenya in terms of, is it expensive for locals? Are there different local fee structures? Um, Are there incentives for locals to travel? Are there more ads promoting travel for locals in Kenya? Well, in the last three years, the Tembea Kenya hashtag has blown out of proportion. And every weekend you'll find people traveling or hiking. And the good thing about Kenya, mm-hmm. I think it's about every country, but I'm talking about Kenya. <laughs> the good thing about Kenya is that there's everything for everyone. If, you, if you're if you into hiking, there's Mount Kenya. And if you find Mount Kenya expensive, because it is expensive, it's expensive for me as a Kenyan. Mm-hmm. And you can expensive it would be for an Kenyan. Yes. So if you find it too expensive, there's so many other places that you can hike. And um, in every county, there are mountains. We, we use counties to describe different regions. Mm-hmm. In, it used to be provinces and then they changed to counties. Mm-hmm. So there's either a mountain or a hill where you can go and hike. If you are about relaxing on the beach, there is the Mombasa, which is common. Everyone knows about Mombasa. Mm-hmm. But there's also beyond Mombasa, there's the South Coast, there's Lamu in North Coast, there's Watamu. And also to the west of Kenya, there's the beaches along Lake Victoria. And if you're all about culture, everyone talks about Maasai people. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows the Maasai people. But there's also the Samburu in to the north, towards the border of Somalia and Ethiopia, where Kenya, where Kenya borders Somalia and Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. There's, there's people, the court, and 
Ideally, there's everything for everyone. And unfortunately for me, I haven't been able to explore all these places. And that's why nowadays I take my weekends to go and travel to these places. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, it can be expensive if you are not Kenyan because I, I, this is what this is my opinion. If mm-hmm. you use tour operators, it's, it's a bit cheaper. Mm-hmm. But you also have tour operators that are... Respect that, that they add value. I don't, I don't know how to put it, mm-hmm. but I've never travel with two operators. I plan all my trips. <laughs> I yeah. plan all, I start and plan all my trips and take myself. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't talk about two operators a lot. But every weekend, if you come to Kenya, every weekend there's a place people are visiting using two operators, or people are just visiting on their own. Mm-hmm. And I've just spoken about. Um, Two operators and how you mostly use you, you you use your own devices to plan your trip. So, are there any specific yes. sites that you use to plan your trips that you could advise um, people to use if they wanted to go to Kenya and plan their own trip, for instance? I, I'd like to mention a, a blogger in mm-hmm. Kenya. Mm-hmm. He's called Kenyan Camper. Mm-hmm. The Kenyan Camper. I actually don't know how he looks like, but he started blogging way before there was Instagram, way before there was Twitter. Mm-hmm. That's when you know that this is a serious traveler. Yeah. If anyone comes to Kenya and they want to, like, to get at the true feeling of Kenya, this is just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Just go to this blog, this site, thekenyancamper.com. This guy has he's a very he's a kickers photographer and he has tons of information about Kenya. My goodness, I don't think I've ever go, I've ever read any Kenyan guidebook that has valuable information like. Mm-hmm. So that's my first place. That's where I usually go when I'm. If I want to go to Samburu, I'll just drive to Samburu, the Kenyan camper, and I'll find information there. If I want to go to Trukana, just write Trukana, the Kenyan camper, I'll find all the information that I need there. And he's very, his information is he's very detailed. Mm-hmm. It's not just things to do. He's not just listing things to do, and that's it. Mm-hmm. He, he's very detailed. And then I usually use Pinterest and. Other Kenyan travel bloggers, Kenya is full of travel bloggers, so I'll totally read other travel bloggers to get information. And then I'll just create my itinerary and go. Mm-hmm. I love how you mentioned yeah. uh, that you use different Kenyan bloggers. And by the way, I also follow Kenyan Camper on like, Instagram. And every time I see his pictures, I'm just uh, like, oh my gosh, like this is this is goals <laughs> this is travel goals um yeah um but um would you i mean are there any other um kenyan vloggers or or, or bloggers that you would recommend because i follow several Zam- um kenyan travel bloggers and i think what you guys have succeeded in doing is that you actually have um you know uh, a, a large amount of, of different travel bloggers who kind of focus on different things. Like, for instance, you focus yes. on adventure travel. And um, with Zambia, one of the things, like uh, travel blogging in Zambia is a, still a very new thing. Like, we, I could count on on my, I guess, 10, on my, on my 10 fingers, like how many, like, consistent travel bloggers there are. Because you know, there's, there's, again, people who are not consistent and there's, again, people who fall into, like, you know, lifestyle blogging where they're not just focusing specifically on travel blogging, but it's just part of their yeah. their repertoire. But um, yeah. are there any other uh, Kenyan travel bloggers or vloggers that we should keep our eye out on? I, I mentioned some, but probably you know them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there is uh, my friend, and most of them are my friends, actually. Mm-hmm. There is Bonita on Safari. I, I don't know if you know her. Yes, I do. I mean, I follow her on Instagram yes. as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, Bonita on Safari. Um, there is... Uh, one called the Kenyan Nomad, a Kenyan Nomad. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, there are many. <laughs> there are a lot. There are so many. Yeah. There are a lot. Um, I did a blog post on Ken- uh, on travel bloggers you should follow, you should watch out in Africa. And a, t- a number of them were Kenyan. Yes. And I was surprised. I was like, is my list buzz or is it that? There are so many Kenyan travel bloggers <laughs> compared to, but Kenya and Nigeria. This is my opinion. Kenya and Nigeria have many travel bloggers mm-hmm. because if if you if you check my list, it's there's also people from Uganda, but mo- most people came from Kenya and and Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Yes. No, I've definitely checked out that list. And I'm gonna include it in the show notes for this episode, so people can definitely go and look at that that link. And I love how yeah. you spotlight different. Um, you 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 focus on different African uh, bloggers and vloggers on your site. So that's that's pretty awesome. But speaking of vlogging, you also do videos as well. So what made you decide 
to um you know to 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 have this additional um content plan for your for for your brand and also um do you think for other travel bloggers do you think it's it's mandatory for people to also have a vlog and to be on Instagram and to be on Twitter and have a blog or should they kind of maybe focus on maybe like two platforms that work for them I feel like people should focus on if you're trying to get into blogging, you should focus on two because nowadays there's so much. There's Pinterest, there's Twitter, there's Facebook, there's Instagram. There's so many. There's YouTube, and I think there's also another video platform coming up. I've forgotten the name. So I feel like if you try to do everything, it will become too overwhelming, especially if you're starting out and you don't have an assistant. I don't have an assistant, mm-hmm. so I have actually have an assistant. But I, I do most. I do eighty percent. I handle eighty percent of the tasks. Mm-hmm. So if you're starting out, you shouldn't focus on everything because it will it will it will be, be overwhelming. So I usually now focus on Twitter. This is me. I focus on Twitter, on Instagram, my website, and making videos. The reason why I started doing vlogs was. Earlier this year, I met this traveler. He's American. His name is Drubinsky. I don't know if you know him. No. Drubinsky, you should definitely check him out. Mm-hmm. He's only 27. Mm-hmm. He's been to 140 something countries right now. Oh, wow. He's recently in West Africa visiting countries like Chad, <laughs> countries that you would never even think of. No offense to Chad, but mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, let me just keep quiet. So, Drubinsky, I met him earlier this year. He'd come to Kenya. He was just going to through African countries. He started in Tanzania, through Zambia, Botswana, and then he came to Kenya. So, he told me that. As much as people are, people are, people read blogs. People are now videos are the future, and this is what he said: videos are the future, and people are becoming more visual. Mm-hmm. So I should probably dedicate a bit of my time to making videos. Mm-hmm. And at first, it was it's so much hard work. It's really editing videos is too much work. To mm-hmm. be honest, mm-hmm. it's a lot of work. And you know, when you make videos, if you're visiting a place. You have to think. You have to scout what kind of content will people. It's not. It's no longer about you and being pretty in the videos. Yeah. It's about adding value to the audience. So you have to think about what am I going to shoot? How is this script going to be like? What will people? Will people really like this? And it's a lot of work. So when I I started doing it and I haven't been consistent. Actually, the last video I made was about three months ago about mm-hmm. Rwanda. Mm-hmm. I haven't been consistent because it's a lot of work. But that was his opinion. He said that people are becoming more visual and videos are the future. So I should look into that towards that direction. And for him, he makes video uh, one minute videos, and he said that you shouldn't make long videos because people are not people don't have time to to focus on that. I don't know what he meant by that. Mm-hmm. So I started making videos and. It's been good for me because I have gotten a few jobs to create videos for some some brands. So I feel like he was right. Videos are important. And you don't have to make long videos. Just start with one to two minutes, two minutes at maximum. Because it's also a lot of work. It takes a lot of time to, to do videos. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, yeah. I mean, I think when he mentioned maybe when he, what he meant when he said people don't have time, maybe it also comes down to, I think when you're making videos for an African audience, um, you have to bear in mind, you yeah. know, high data costs, for instance, and, you know, people, you know, they're using their data to like download a video. So, you know, you kind of have to really try and make it short. Like you have to find the, the right length so that people can know what's happening, but then they're still, you know, not going to blame you for like, oh, you just depleted my data and, like, I didn't really learn anything from this, but you mentioned, like, yeah, adding value to something. Value. So, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, you just... Yeah, spoke, I, think mm-hmm. blogging, I think blogging and vlogging is about... Once you realize... Initially, when I started, it was about me showing my experience. But then, as I started doing it constantly, it became about what value am I adding to these people? What will... What are they taking from it? Because if they're not getting anything from it, then what am I doing? There's no point of doing this. Mm-hmm. That's the most important thing about blogging. Definitely. Now, um, you mentioned um, that, that you have an assistant, but you do 80% of the work. Um, so I just wanted to know if you could give our listeners like a breakdown of what your average day looks like as a travel writer and vlogger, or is there an average day for you? 
Oh, okay. Because I have an eight to five, mm-hmm. sometimes I have to wake up at four. Mm-hmm. From Monday to Friday, I wake up at four because I don't like working late after work because of the traffic. Mm-hmm. Traffic, I spend so much time on, on traffic coming back home. So I prefer waking up as, as early as 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. To, to create content for, for the website. Mm-hmm. I try to do, initially I used to do five blog posts per week, wow. but now I've that's to, to three. So I do three three blog posts per week for just fioba.com. Mm-hmm. So, that, so on Saturday, that's Monday to every morning when I wake up, I, I, I create a blog post. And they're not really long blog posts, a thousand words maximum mm-hmm. in the morning from Monday to Friday. And then on Saturday, just doing finishing touches on the blogs, going through the posts, the drafts to see that everything is in place. Mm-hmm. And then I'll create news for, for the blog post. And then that's Saturday. I, on Saturday and Sunday, I spend at least six hours. Like today after, after this call, today is Saturday. After yes. this call, I'm going to spend six hours creating themes, creating, I usually schedule my tweets mm-hmm. using, using Buffer and Hot Suit. Mm-hmm. That's two applications for scheduling tweets. So that I don't spend so much time tweeting and pinning. I also use Tailwind to create. When I create the pins, I use Tailwind to schedule, to automate the pins. Okay. So the, the pins will just be running. I, I'll spend like at least an hour mm-hmm. creating the pins, scheduling them. But then it will be like a month's content of they're, they're just automating. They're just running uh-huh. autopilot. Twitter, Twitter I do every week. Each blog post has uh, five tweets. Mm-hmm. Each blog post. It has five tweets that I usually I just schedule, but I don't. When when I create tweets, I also try to share other bloggers' content, mm-hmm. not just my content. content. Mm-hmm. So it's because I focus on oh, and also videos. But now videos, I don't I don't do the videos. It's my my partner does them for me mm-hmm. because like I can't handle all that. And then on Sunday is when I'll plan my week. How is my week? How how is my week going to be like? Mm-hmm. What am I going to post? Also Instagram, the same thing. Captions. It's a lot of work. I'm thinking about things and I'm becoming obsessed <laughs> It's definitely a lot of work. <laughs> you know, people just see the photos and photos on Instagram. They're like, oh my God, I want your life. You know, I don't think you do it. <laughs> but you have to have a passion for it. You have to. You have to have a passion. If you don't have a passion for it, then... Because it's a lot of work, but I actually love doing it. Mm-hmm. I do. Um, I'm not sure. Yet. I mean, I know. So um, previously when I used to, I had, um, there was an agency that um, there's an agency that's based in South Africa that represents bloggers on different uh, projects. So when I worked with them, um, we did do some affiliate marketing, but um, the results were not so good. But this was like four years ago, so things might have changed by then. Mm, okay, yeah. I want to try. I want to try, but for for affiliate marketing to to be effective, your SEO search engine optimization game has to be on point. Yes. So that's also another thing that you, you have to learn as as a blogger. Mm-hmm. But basically yes, every every Monday to Friday I'll wake up at four to six. I'll dedicate four to six creating content for the website. Mm-hmm. And then on Saturday and Sunday, six hours six to eight hours I'll be working on other tasks mm-hmm. so that it will keep the, the the website and the content running. Mm-hmm. That means I also stopped going out. You know I, I of course I stopped going out because of traveling. But yes. nowadays, I completely don't go out because if I go out, I'll wake up the next day feeling like feeling hungover, and that means that I won't be able to to work on on my website. Yeah. But this is something that I love. There's nothing wrong with going out. If that's something that you really love, do it by all means. Yeah. But for me, it's about priority. I love doing this, so let me focus my time and energy on this. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm a freelance writer, and um. I mean, I only went like full full time freelance in um April. I think it was was it February or April of like 2018. But anyway, somewhere around there. And I just like I, I like I just thought about it like recently, and I was like, I don't think I've even been to a club since like my birthday two years ago. <laughs> 
like i literally oh, really? because i just like i mean i'll go to like festivals and like you know outdoor events but i just i don't think i've been to a nightclub and it's like my thing is like when i think and, and now that i moved to new york by the way it's like i feel like there's so much to do in new york you know it's like every weekend there's something and whatever but i think with the weather changing like it's actually made me more disciplined because when you're writing an article like you're calculating how many hours it's going to take me to write this amount of words and you're selling each article for you know for a rate so if i'm going to like spend two hours on the subway commuting to like whatever place it is to a party and then two hours coming back that i'm going to be there for two hours dancing like i'm thinking of like all the hours that i'm going to lose that i could be dedicating to writing and making money <laughs> which is my problem now that you now that you brought up time the time that he spent there's another traveler he's not really a traveler but he, he, he makes videos he's calling us daily mm-hmm. daily he makes travel. He makes travel. He makes videos about places, different places. Mm-hmm. In so he, he he made a video, a one minute video, talking about why he stopped going out. Mm-hmm. He said that it will take him three hours to to gather all his friends and to get ready to go out, and then he'll go and spend five to six hours in a nightclub. That's like nine hours. And then by the time he's come back home, he probably have a hangover. So the next day, eight hours. You know, have to nurse that hangover and just sleep and eat and just sleep some more. So he talks about nine plus eight, that is 17 to 20 hours, all because of a night out. And he, he says that he has to also work. So he said that's why he stopped going out. And to me, that makes sense. I know people will argue and say, no, you don't have to drink when you go out. If you drink, if you don't drink, you might be able to work out, to, to work the yeah. next day. Mm-hmm. Before, I, I don't think I can, I can manage. So that's why I stopped. Mm-hmm. Completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but how is yeah. your, how how is your day different when you're like, for instance, when you're when you're traveling? Are you as you're going along? Are you like taking notes when you're seeing? Diff- you mentioned like scouting locations and things like that. So are you still like automating posts while you're away, or do you do that in advance when, when you know that you've planned a trip and you don't want to be worried so, about you know doing that? So when I'm when I'm when I'm on the road, I usually have posts automated like drafts. Mm-hmm. That have already scheduled on WordPress that will go live even if I'm in a place where there's no internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I usually have posts that are that that go live even when I'm on the road and tweets the same themes the same. I'm I'm using Pinterest nowadays. It's it's very effective. I, I realized but it's not that big in Africa mm-hmm. or rather in Kenya. But I started using it. I'm just trying it out. I've been using it for the last three months and it's directing traffic to my website. Mm-hmm. So yes, I usually have posts automated, content automated. I use finally for Instagram. So, but for Instagram, you have to have data. But yes, I, my my stuff is usually automated, and I also have a journal. So when I'm traveling, if I see something interesting, at the end of the day, I'll note it down on my phone, and then at the end of the day, I'll write it down. Mm-hmm. I just write down how my day was, my experience, because the mind, the mind. Is a liar. You think you remember when you're curating content in two weeks, but you totally forget. So yeah. I usually just write down like a journal and write down what my, how my day was, how much I spent, mm-hmm. and things like that. So that in future, when I'm creating blog posts, the information will come in handy. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for that. Um, yeah. Now, I wanted to uh, expand our discussion to talk about you know, the rest of the continent, because we've spoken about Kenya quite a bit. Um, but you have visited yeah. 17 um, African countries, um, which that's quite, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's a significant amount considering we have, what, 54 or 55 um, different African countries. Um, can you tell us some of your, your, your most memorable moments in some of these African countries? Okay. My favorite, mm-hmm, definitely. <laughs> my favorite, um, something that okay, definitely I cannot forget taking the flight of angels over Victoria Falls. I'm not saying this because they're from Zambia, but <laughs> I literally cried. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I have I have skydived before, uh-huh. and I thought it was going to be a sort of adrenaline rush for mm-hmm. me, like it would be like how I felt during the free falling for skydiving, mm-hmm. but it was an entirely different experience looking at the. Victoria Falls from that angle, that bird's eye view, mm-hmm. it was amazing. Like, oh my God, look at God. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't believe in God, like, someone must have done this. That was absolutely amazing. And 
I wish we had that in Kenya. Well, you can always come to Zambia and see it, you know? It's fine. (laughs) Sorry? I'm saying you can always come to Zambia whenever you want. So we'll just... Yes, yes. It's absolutely breathtaking. I'll never forget that. Mm -hmm. And also, at the devil's pool, I was scary. It was terrifying. It was also an experience. I wouldn't encourage anyone to do it because it's scary. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I can't forget words. There was a time I was in Tanzania and my the person who was supposed to stay with didn't pick up the phone for some reason. Uh-huh. I was so lost. I didn't know what to do. My phone didn't have data. I, 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 I couldn't call an Uber. I was just completely lost. And someone, some, some random person called me asking what was going on. And so my accent, you can tell I was Kenyan. My family, I was so unique. It's the same, I can understand. Sometimes I don't understand what Tanzanians are saying because they're so really in more fast than ours. Uh-huh. <laughs> but he knew I was Kenyan and he took my bags, took me to a hotel, made sure I was fine. And with no ill intentions, he didn't even ask for anything in return because I was, I, was, I, was, I was hoping that he'd ask for money so that I'd keep him for everything. So he took like two hours to help me oh. get to a decent stay for the night. Mm-hmm. He actually offered take me to his place. I was like, no, I I can't. He was no, no, you, my wife is there, my kids are there. No. I was like, you know, I don't think it would be appropriate for you to show up with another woman at your house <laughs> somewhere else. Like, no, my, my wife won't, won't mind. I was like, just no, no, take me to, to another place. And he did, two hours of his time. And then in Lamu, I'm a traveler, but the irony is I'm very bad with directions. Mm-hmm. Two weeks ago, I was in Lamu and I got lost several times several probably more than five times uh-huh. I'd get lost because some of there are no cars, it's just donkeys. Uh-huh. You either use a donkey, you or you walk mm-hmm. or a motorbike. I get lost sometimes and every time I'd get lost I'd ask someone, Can you tell me where my hotel is? And they wouldn't just give me directions. And then I wrote someone would tell me, Go straight, take that corner. These people would say, No, I'm taking you to to the hotel. So they'd leave what they're doing uh-huh. and take me to my hotel and they wouldn't ask for anything in return. So at the, the last day, I remember asking one of them, but why do you guys do this? Because even me, I wouldn't do it back home. They said, no, that's just how we are. And it's the people, the people that I've met, people say that the world is full of terrible people, but the world is also full of amazing human beings. The people that I've met, I can go on and on. The, the people that I met in Zimbabwe, when uh, traveling alone can be it is lonely and sometimes you just break down and become a bit depressed, not exactly because they're a bit depressed. But people, strangers, that you, these are strangers, but they're there for you. So it's the people. My highlight is the people and the food. <laughs> the Nigerian food. Oh my oh, God, if you haven't had Nigerian food, you're missing out. <laughs> oh, I love, I love yeah. Nigerian food. Like, I just, I mean, you know, it's so funny because um you know zambian cuisine we we actually don't use a lot of like spa- like chili in our cuisine yeah. um mm-hmm. and then you know like on the other end of the spectrum like you know nigerians and they have like so much chili in the food but i still enjoy it like even if like you know like your nose is like getting all like you know stuffy and everything but like i'll be there like eating and just enjoying the yeah, food experiences. Oh, and another thing that I cannot forget is when I was in Zambia yeah. last year in November, mm-hmm. I, I was living, I was taking the bus to Livingstone, uh, Livingstone. Mm-hmm. and I was asking my Uber driver, was it Uber or taxi? It, no, it wasn't Uber, it was, what is the name of the app that people use in Zambia? It starts with an L. Uh, Ulendo, with a U. Oh, yes, 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 yes. It's Ulendo, Ulendo. Ulendo, with a U, before the L. Yes. I remember asking the, the, the driver, what time does the bus leave? And then the, the driver said, nine hours. I was so confused. I was like, do you mean the trip would take nine hours? Or? And he's like, no, the bus will leave at nine hours and you'll be there by four hours. <laughs> 15 hours. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> because in case you 9 p.m. Yes. or 9 a.m., yeah. don't say 23 or 22. So it was so confusing for me and such little things because they're so different. But such little things, I find such little things very intriguing. Yeah. 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 No, we we use military time in Zambia and that's one of the things that I, I mean, I still go there and I'm like 3 p.m., 9 p.m. And, you know, (laughs) and I mean, even just like. 15 hours? 
Yeah, we say sixteen hours. Three, which means yeah. four PM. So yeah. But it's yeah. so funny because sixteen hours, so when we were kids, sixteen hours is like that's tea time. So like when someone calls you, uh-huh. like you're playing whatever with your friends and when your mom says, Come and have sixteen, you know, like come and mm. have sixteen means come and have tea. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but you mentioned just being yeah. a woman and traveling um, solo. Um, what are the, some of your tips for people who would like to travel um, solo as a woman? And which African countries would you say are the best places for solo travelers on the continent? Uh, okay. Um, that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anything can happen to anyone anywhere, even in the safest countries. Mm-hmm countries that are considered safe, yes. quote-unquote safe. Mm-hmm. Anything can happen to anyone. But if you're, if you are a woman and you're traveling solo for the first time, I'd probably say you go to countries like Malawi, Zambia, the Southern African countries and Eastern African countries mm-hmm. because the, the tourism, is, tourism is well-structured in these countries. So it will be easy to move from one place to another. And you know, if you're traveling by bus, you can go from Kenya all the way to South Africa as a woman solo. So many people have done it. I did it. I did it from uh, I did it from Malawi to South Africa alone mm-hmm. last year. Yeah, you, so, you have a blog post on that as well, yeah. Sorry, I'm saying you have several uh, blog posts on that as well because I meant you know there's one where you talk about traveling by bus from Zambia to Malawi as well that I saw. Um, not that these countries are safer compared to others. Mm-hmm. It's just that the system is well, well structured, and the borders. It's so easy. At least it, it was easy for me. But then again, I don't need a visa to move to, to all these countries except South Africa. So maybe that's why it was easy for me because, like the Zambian border, Malawi's Zambian border, I spent like ten minutes just got in, got stamped, got out. Mm-hmm. Same thing in Malawi. So maybe that's why, but the borders are also very easy. I don't think there's cases of corruption and and the driving, unless you don't have all the documents that they require, but it's rather easy to travel by road in Eastern and Southern, Southern African countries. Mm-hmm. And it's felt unsafe or something. But again, you have to use common sense. Don't travel at night. I know it will save you money if you travel at night because that means you would have to spend money on a hotel. But I'd rather you travel during the day and make sure that there's someone to pick you up when you arrive. Mm-hmm. When you arrive, so that means being in contact, contact with the hotel that you're staying with, staying in, or the hostel. And if you're traveling alone, I'd encourage you to stay in an Airbnb mm-hmm. if they're Airbnb in the in the country that you're visiting, or in hostels because. I find hotels really boring. You're just alone. Someone is just there to serve you and they're just doing their work. Mm-hmm. But in hostels, you meet a ton, tons of travelers. Most of them are white, but yeah, you meet tons of travelers. And in, in an Airbnb, if the person who owns the house is around, it means you have someone you can talk to, someone who can tell you where to go, places to check out. Because these guys online that talk about things to do, they're things that Everyone knows about, but yeah. a local will tell you, oh, check out this place, and probably no one has ever talked about this place online. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I have tons of tons of articles on the Stilba.com talking about solo travel, things to do when you're traveling for the first time as a solo traveler, how to be safe. It, 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 and it, oh, it's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. Solo travel is not for everyone, but I still feel that you wouldn't know how awesome it is unless you do it. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for those tips, Winnie. Um, yeah. Now, yeah. now, how if people have, um, you know, if they want to travel to different African countries and they want to create a bucket list, like how would they do that? Would they have to like how would how would you recommend picking which countries, which African countries to visit in 2019? And I know you mentioned something about um, borders and visas, and I know um, you were interviewed by a major. Um, you know, media outlet where you did a map which had the different places that Kenyans can can go to um, pretty, you know, uh, pretty pretty easily. Um, so 
in your um in your own words how would you um how would you encourage people to start an african travel bucket list in 2019 all right traveling is very personal that they definitely depend on what you like mm-hmm. are you a beach person are you there for the food the, the culture the, the adventure and if you're creating a bucket list for 2019 and you want to experience adventure if you're an adventure traveler for me i'm definitely all about adventure mm-hmm. i'd definitely choose zambia livingstone because mm-hmm. there are tons of activities mind-blowing <laughs> adventurous activities in zambia or also south africa mm-hmm. yeah so you'll definitely look at that if you're an adventure traveler if you're all about adventure if you're all about skydiving you can go and skydive in namibia or 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 skydiving south africa or over the victoria falls i mean sorry in in livingstone island or you go money jumping so again it depends on you as a person Mm -hmm. but if you are a a beach person that just wants to relax read a book be secluded in in islands i'll definitely recommend malawi malawi is very underrated but there's this island in malawi called likoma island (laughs) oh god it's it's beautiful paradise and also there are tons of islands in Malawi this dome way so if you're a beach person and you want that privacy Mm -hmm. definitely go to to Malawi and if it's about culture then there are different places to go meaning people usually about the Maasai the Himba people in Namibia Mm -hmm. but there's so many each I think each country has has the the culture Culture aspect, although I, I didn't experience it in in South and Africa, mm-hmm. unfortunately. But yes, so when you're curating your bucket list, I would advise you to read blogs mm-hmm. from various travel bloggers. Mm-hmm. But then again, don't do something because you saw it looking cool on Instagram or this picture looks really nice. This uh-huh. picture with the Maasai looks really nice. Let me go there because I also want to try. It's okay to want to be influenced. But is it something that makes you happy? Is it something that adds value, or is it something that you want to exchange money for? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you have to ask yourself that question before jumping out to go and do things that people are are doing online. Instagram has become a really influence. You see how Morocco, everyone is now going to Morocco because of Instagram. Yeah. Before, Never used. Okay, people used to go to Morocco, but now it's blown out of proportion mm-hmm. because of it. It's good to be influenced, but then ask yourself: Is that what you want? Will it make you happy? Yeah. yeah. So that's that's my opinion. A couple of years ago, I think it was. I was seeing like lots of Mauritius. Um um Instagram, like people, you know, because it's like sometimes it's it's kind of obvious when like a a tourism board like hires you know different bloggers to go on trips because the ones you follow they all start like posting that they were in Mauritius or they were in whichever African country and they're doing very similar things so then you're like oh okay so is this the new wave is everyone going here um mm-hmm. so it's really interesting how that works um but yeah I wanted to talk about you mentioned like earlier um about how you you're doing some vid- you've done some videos for some brands um as an influencer as a travel writer or blogger how do you approach brands or do you kind of wait for brands to approach you how does that work okay initially um i used to 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 pitch to hotels when i was starting out that was early late last year and early this year mm-hmm. I, I like my trip to i went to rwanda and burundi and uganda i i got free accommodation because i actually pitched this hotel and told them this is what i do and this is what i'll do for you because when you're reaching out to such entities, they don't care about what you do. They want to know what you do for them. So I told them to what I do for you if you in exchange for this and this. I actually didn't, didn't get paid. But now nowadays, I, I, I don't do hotels anymore. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I haven't pitched in a long time. But when, you, when, you, when, you, when your name starts getting out there, people actually come to you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm tempted to ask, how did you find me? But then mm-hmm. again, I know that's not my business because some reach out to me on instagram some share emails mm-hmm. like email me and ask oh yeah so we want to work with you to do this and this and this sometimes i say no because it doesn't fit my brand mm-hmm. but sometimes i say yes sometimes i say no but it's not all the time mm-hmm. then again relatively i have been doing this for one and a half years 
I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but every time I work with a brand, I, I I usually say I have to put it out there that I, I'm working with this brand so that my readers or my audience will know that this is actually sponsored. Mm-hmm. So if you decide to go there, know that even if my opinion is honest, I want you to know that it's sponsored. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, the pitching works, but sometimes they reach out to you. Mm-hmm. But then again, I wouldn't advise someone to start blogging because they want to work with brands. Mm-hmm. I would advise people to do it only if they love and enjoy the process. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think when you start out, you know, I, you, you, I mean, some people have different motivations for starting out. And I think those who just want like a free trip, they, they kind of realize how much work it is. You know, we're mentioning how many hours you put into it. Then, you know, you, you have to, like, there's no way that you can sustain it if you don't enjoy what you're doing. First trips are exhausting. There's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't even lie. Because someone will take time to go up at the beach because, oh, yeah, hey, look, I'm in Morocco. You don't know what they're doing behind the scenes. It's probably 10, 12 hours mm-hmm. of working. Mm-hmm. So you have to actually enjoy the process. Otherwise, you'll give up within the first three months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Um, so now as we come to the end of this uh, episode, I would like to find out which uh, places, what five places can you uh, recommend for someone who would like to visit Kenya for the first time? What are the must-see places? And then lastly, what are the five places in Nairobi that people should visit? Okay, so I'll start with... With five places, I'll talk about my favorite places. Mm-hmm. You need to talk about Masai Mara, Mount Kenya. They're good places. They're really amazing, absolutely amazing places. Mm-hmm. But I'll talk about Lamu. Lamu. I keep going back to Lamu, Lamu Island all the time. It's in the north coast. It's a little bit past Mombasa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Lamu Island. For adventure, I'll talk about a place called Sakana. They have much jumping and white, white water rafting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for culture, definitely North Turkana. Actually, there's a desert in, in a place called Mashabit County to the mm-hmm. north, northern of Kenya. So, if you're all about the culture, but it's hot, that place is painfully hot. <laughs> so, in, in Turkana, there are a lot of beautiful, but you know, if you're ready to deal with the heat, then definitely mm-hmm. go to Turkana. There's also a place called Nanyuki, and keep going. There. I keep going there every every year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The conservancy is there, animal conservancy is there, food, it's green, it's absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. And lastly, where Lake Naivasha is, it's lovely. Any water body works for me in Naivasha, and it's a bit huge, so I can't finish it in a day, mm-hmm. but definitely recommend it. In Naivasha, because you will always find something you need to do. Actually, in Naivasha, there's a walking safari. You literally walk with animals, but not like, not carnivorous animals, just giraffes, uh, zebras. Very, very beautiful. And it's on an island, an island called Crescent Island. Oh, yes, Naivasha, Nanyuki, Tukana, Lamu, and, and yeah, I forgot the islands, but yeah, don't problem. Those are my five places I'd recommend. Awesome. Those all sound amazing. Um, and I definitely I'm going to add those to my to my bucket list. Now, what places in Nairobi should people be checking out? Okay, Nairobi is the, the, the party party hub of Kenya. Mm-hmm. So if you're all about partying, check out Westlands. Westlands, there are tons of nights nightclubs in uh, in Westlands. Mm-hmm. And then there used to be events that happen in Nairobi and the one that's called Blankets and Wine. Like some sort of festival but just one day. It's usually one day or two days, I'm not sure. But they usually get artists to perform from different parts of Africa. The last time I went, was it oh yeah, there's Blankets and Wine and then there's Koroga Festival. Mm-hmm. They happen once a month. But the last time I went, they had to ban it over. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you can check out which events are happening during when you visit. There's always something happening. It's kind of what, like you said about New York, 
there's always an even today I'm sure there's a there's an event happening it's just that I, I wouldn't be, be going mm-hmm. so yeah check out for the festivals and the events that are happening in in Nairobi um what else oh definitely go to the national, Nairobi National Park mm-hmm. it's the only that is in in the inner capital you're literally in a park but you can see the tall building popping <laughs> popping so that's definitely interesting um what else what else actually i've forgotten <laughs> but i have a list of interesting things to do on in nairobi on blog awesome. so definitely check that out awesome we will definitely check it out so now what trips are you taking in 2019 oh my god they actually scare me i'm planning to visit a couple of countries in west africa uh-huh. and southern africa i was actually supposed to go to south southern africa because i, I want to go to the south of Swaziland and uh, and uh, Mozambique. Mm-hmm. So those are part of my plans. countries are part of my plans next in, in in about three three weeks. Mm-hmm. And uh, also West Africa and uh, a bit of Eastern Africa, not East Africa. It's usually confusing because we are in East Africa and then there is Egypt and Sudan and Somaliland and yeah. Mm-hmm. So probably I'd go to Eastern Eastern Africa. But then again, I've been thinking, why can't I just visit Europe? <laughs> I've always wanted to go to Europe. And I know that Europe, it's easy to move to different countries because the countries are a bit smaller compared to Africa. Yes. Mm-hmm. And actually, do a couple of countries in Africa. So maybe I'll go to the European care with a couple of my friends because then they the ones who are obsessed with Europe for some reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, maybe I'll go to Europe. But Africa is definitely African countries are definitely percent of my plan this year. Okay. Awesome. Now yeah. where can we find you on social media and can you just give us like all the platforms that we should be following you on? Twitter. All my social medias have the handle at just Rioba. Mm-hmm. So find me on Twitter or on Instagram. Subscribe to my website justrioba.com and on YouTube as well, I'm doing videos once a week from here. And I'm also planning to make a guide, a free PDF copy mm-hmm. for anyone planning to travel in Africa, within African countries next year. So I'm planning to make uh, a free ebook. Wow, we'll be definitely looking probably a hundred, out for that. Probably a hundred pages, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We'll be looking out for yeah. that, indeed. Um, Thank you, Winnie. I would like to thank you so much for coming on to the Muende Wino podcast. And as we say in Zambia, I know you're not embarking on a journey like right, right now, but you may be leaving your house to go somewhere. So even when someone is leaving the house, we tell them Muende Wino. Muende Wino. Yes. And then you can respond okay. like, uh, in, I mean, if it's Nyanja, you say Zikomo or if it's uh, another language, then like if it's Bemba, which is where my dad is from, then you would say um, Natasha. Natasha. Yes. 